Welcome into the PFF NFL Daily. Today, discussing the coach of the year, and it's all presented by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is wishing you the happiest of holidays. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code PFF when you sign up and get up to $1,000. That's code PFF to get a deposit bonus of up to $1,000 for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, and Pennsylvania only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus. Deposit bonus requires 25-time playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. All right, Sam, it's Coach of the Year discussion time. It's always an award that I think goes to a coach where expectations were exceeded. You know, it's, it's the Coach of the Year. It's the guy who came in and brought his team to, a, to a, a whole new place, a place that was not expected. So where are you going with this award so far right now with two weeks left in 2020? Yeah, and I like the way you've articulated that because I think that sums up my choice pretty well. I think Brian Flores for the Miami Dolphins it fits that bill. I think he has massively exceeded expectations with Miami. Remember, this was a team that was tanking for Tua last season, um, won a couple of games late on, and we thought maybe almost took themselves out of that. Uh, got him anyway. And then right now they're nine and five. They're they could finish the season eleven and five and still not make the playoffs. But this defense looks phenomenal. It looks like a Bill Belichickian defense. It looks like the first system or the first unit to be transported outside of New England with a, a coach and still function in the same way. Um, you know, he, he made a massive ballsy move to bench Ryan Fitzpatrick when he was playing pretty well. Go to Tua midseason. A lot of people were critical of it. A lot of people were skeptical of it. And he's been proved right. I think, you know, Tua's done fine. It might not be a dramatic upgrade over Fitzpatrick, but it, it, it isn't a downgrade. Um, it hasn't made the offensive line worse. It hasn't made things around him worse. And it probably accelerated Tua's development. So this is a team that wasn't supposed to be good until next year. And they are. They're good. They're potentially in the playoffs. And I think that's coach of the year material. Yeah, Flores is definitely one of the first guys that comes to mind. I think it's clearly him in Miami or Kevin Stefanski with the Cleveland Browns. I think your case for Flores is a solid one, and his case will essentially be solidified or just, you know, he'll drop down based off these next two weeks. You know, if Miami makes the playoffs, I think it's a two-horse race for Coach of the Year. But I think when you look at what Kevin Stefanski has done with the Cleveland Browns, forget even just the fact that it's it's the Browns, it's the... It's the butt of all jokes. It's they haven't found a quarterback in 20 years and haven't won, you know, haven't won a playoff game or been in the playoffs in almost 20 years. All of that stuff, even if you just go last year to this year and our description of the Cleveland Browns was, man, I cannot believe how just unprepared they looked, how unprepared they looked on offense, where they had talent, where they had a talented quarterback, talented receivers. Now they have an improved offensive line, but. Last year, they were running plays. It's like they couldn't even execute a tap pass. They couldn't execute simple plays. And now the narrative up until a few weeks ago was, boy, this Kevin Stefanski system has elevated Baker Mayfield, has gotten the most out of the running game. Now they have the best offensive line in football and they can run, they can pass. And then, oh, by the way, Baker Mayfield's now playing extremely well in that really good system. Plus, when you look at how depleted they've been defensively and in the second, just in the back seven, the secondary 
all of the turnover that they've had since even before the season where uh, Greedy Williams and Grant Delpit went down right off, right off the bat. So I'm just so impressed with what the Browns have done. They're 10-4 and four right now. I came into the season thinking they could honestly be anywhere from six wins to 10 wins. And a lot was going to depend on the schedule. I thought the AFC North is really tough, which is proving true. The fact that they are that they have 10 wins and potentially 12, just an unbelievable job by Stefanski in the short term, but also just the grand view of turning around the Cleveland Browns. I think, I think Stefanski has to be the favorite. The only thing I would say against that is if you rewind, you know, a year to the, the start heading into the 2019 season, the hype was all there for the Browns. The narrative was this team was going to be great. They were the favorites for the division for the first time in like 20 years. Everything was in place for this team to be fantastic. And then they ran the whole thing off the rails. Like they imploded in spectacular fashion to the degree that, you know, regime got changed. Everyone got fired and they started over. But the reason everybody got fired and they started over is because this is a team that should have been good. And it wasn't. They found a way to take chicken salad and turn it into chicken shit, right? So all, I don't want to say all Stefanski did, because it is an achievement and it's an impressive one. And he's exceeded even this. But Stefanski has essentially taken what was already good and just made it function. You know, he's, he's found all the pieces and put them back together again and it works. Um, but I think that's slightly different to Flores, who is building something greater than the sum of the parts that were there. And I think, to me, that would be what separates the two. Yeah, look, I, 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 honestly, I think you're, you're, you are making my point. You know, the fact that he has, he has brought this together and in Cleveland uh, puts Stefanski up there. Look, I, I think it's Stefanski and Flores. Other, other names or other teams that come to mind, the Buffalo Bills right now sitting at 11-3, and three, AFC East champions, Sean McDermott. I think we should have a whole separate daily, maybe for executive of the year, because Brandon Bean and what he has done for the Bills, and I've seen people discuss this, our own Brad Spielberger and a few other people talking on Twitter saying executive of the year should be like a four-year award, and there is no better four-year award than what the Bills have done from a team-building standpoint to get to this point. So if McDermott's name is in the mix, I think it's a, I think it should be in the mix, but I'm just impressed with, with what... Bean and McDermott have done and if anything I might lean toward McDermott for the award just for what he's done his entire time in Buffalo and you know helping in that entire turnaround of that franchise it's always difficult to know how much a specific coach influenced you know certain things right because in theory the head coach is in charge of everything right you the buck stops with you and therefore the credit should go to you regardless of what happens but Sean McDermott is a defensive coach and the impressive part of Buffalo this season has been the offense. It's been the development of Josh Allen. It's been the fact that suddenly this quarterback has rebuilt his mechanics and has gone from one of the least accurate quarterbacks in his entire football life, you know, high school, junior college, college, first couple of years in the NFL, and suddenly he's completing 70% of his passes. Um, now, are you going to credit the defensive-minded head coach for that improvement? I, I guess if you work on the basis that, you know, this is his ship and everything under it, the credit filters up to him, sure. But I have a little bit of a hard time with that logical leap. Let me give you a name that feels like, I don't think he's going to be in the discussion, but it feels like the same reason as Aaron Donald. You know, we just get bored of it. Andy Reid has the Kansas City Chiefs at 13-1. and I know he has Patrick Mahomes and he has all those weapons, but we keep talking every single week on the main NFL podcast that 
Andy Reid makes these things go. Andy Reid is a force multiplier for all the talent within that offense. And, you know, right now they're the defending Super Bowl champions. You're not supposed to be, you know, mounting a particularly strong defense the next year. You collapse after a Super Bowl. You don't, you know, the, the Chiefs are the best team in the NFL again. Um, and if anything, they look scarier. I was going to make the same exact point, to be honest, and kind of position it the same way. But instead of LeBron, I was going to say this is the Bill Belichick treatment. It's at some point your expectations are so high unless you go 16 and 0 you're really not going to be in the discussion. I think Andy Reid's going to be dealing with that. Andy Reid's best shot now for getting coach of the year is going to be a year where like both sides of the ball get depleted by injuries and they still win 14 games. So yes, if you're talking who's the coach of the year, who is the best football coach week in, week out, year after year, Andy Reid might be number one. He's at least top three right now. So yes, he should be in there. But the spirit of the award is absolutely going to go to somebody that exceeds expectations. And if you came into the season and said, hey, the Chiefs are going to go 15-1, and you'd say, yep, cool, sounds good, that's what they're going to do. And part of that's his own fault for setting those high expectations. Right, and one last quick one that I think is worth mentioning mentioning is Matt LaFleur in Green Bay. And I think we kind of, we've gotten jaded to it already. It's like, oh, that already happened, we're done, we're on to the next thing. Now it's just the Aaron Rodgers being amazing thing. But think about how much they change in that offense in terms of motion, in terms of pre-snap uh, shifts, all those kinds of things. We, we've now sort of taken that as given. It's old news, but that happened this year, right? That was a change right. that went from Green Bay being 13-3 and three and felt like a sort of fraudulent team a, a year fake. ago. To, they, they're going to go from right. a fake 13-3 and three to a real 13-3, a real and three, one. right? Right, and that's, that's Coach of the Year material, honestly. The, the one other name I wanted to throw out there is Ron Rivera. You know, with yes. everything that has happened, right, battling cancer and the Washington football team with, without a lot of talent and changing their name to the football team and all of the stuff that has <laughs> happened there, and they're now the favorites to win the NFC East. I think Ron Rivera at least gets some votes for making the football team into a viable football team this season. Yeah, agree. All right, so there you go. It's the coach of the year. Let us know. Who do you think is the NFL coach of the year? It's the PFF, NFL Daily. NFL Daily.